This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another show of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. We are brought to you by Capital Plus. They unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. They create customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. All right, we have another show today where we're going to go through some listener questions. So just to give you an idea, those of you guys out there listening right now thinking, okay, is this worth listening to? So let me tell you first, Natalie in New York City had a question. She's going to be first up. Um, and it is a question about growing her revenue, some innovative ideas on growing revenue. Um, we're also going to cover a question from, <laughs> you guys are going to want to hear this one, ticked off Tom in Cali. All right. Should I give you the topic? Or that's good enough. You're going to want to hear that, right? Um, and then we'll go through another question from Alex in Jacksonville, Florida. And then if we have time, uh, we're going to have a question from Jeff in Columbus, Ohio. So the topic of the questions, basically, not basically, they're going to be, we're going to talk about revenue, profits, margins. And if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about budgeting and uh, some tips, uh, top three, four tips on if you're thinking about creating a budget, how to do that. I can give you some simple suggestions to get you off and running uh, on that. All right, so with that, let's clear the deck and let's start off with, as I mentioned, Natalie in, actually, she didn't say New York City. She said Natalie in the NYC. So excuse me, we'll make sure I say that right, Natalie. Uh, first of all, thanks for the question. Hey, Mr. Biz, love the show. I'm stuck in a rut after eight years in business and need some new ideas on how to grow my revenue. Uh, again, very common, uh, get this question a lot. And this is what happens, right? We, as we progress through business and we uh, the cycle of a business, you can sometimes get in a rut, right? You you're, get your head stuck in the weeds. It's difficult to lift it out. Now, one of the things I will tell you, especially uh, as we've been dealing with this pandemic globally, this is a great opportunity to do that. Um, as, if your business has slowed um, and or even if it hasn't slowed, it's just a requirement. You need to get your head out of the weeds and think about, you know, especially how will your business be impacted post-pandemic, Post, you know, stay at home orders, all that good stuff. Is that going to change your business significantly? As you can imagine, as you've seen, I'm sure maybe even friends or it could be your business as well have had a substantial impact from the stay at home order. And is that going to impact your business? And even if it's not directly going to impact your business, well, indirectly, right? Some of those businesses impacted may be a complimentary uh, feed into your business, for example. So you need to really think about those things and what does that the future look like for your business? Because I've used this example before, but it's really, really important is make sure you don't want to become blockbuster video. Um, you know, blockbuster video was going great and just kicking butt and taking names, but hadn't considered the future of streaming uh, with videos such as Netflix and, and Amazon prime and Hulu. And I mean, all those different services, no one had considered those at blockbuster either that or they considered them and brushed them off and said, ah, that's not going to happen right? That's an example of keeping your head in the sand. You don't want to do that. So let's get to some direct tips here that we can use. So first of all, again, I don't know, Natalie, what type of business you have. So I'll cover a different, a couple of different things that I think um, aren't as common. You go read an article and you Google this, you're probably not going to find these 
types of things. I'm almost, I'm fairly confident actually. Maybe that tells me I should write an article about this. That's a great idea. Um, so first of all, if you have a brick and mortar business, the easiest thing I can tell you to make the biggest impact right away is to look at, and it's going to take a little bit of work, but to look at the per square foot revenue for each product you have in your brick and mortar. So all you need to do is, let's say, I'll make up a simple example. You sell t-shirts. Of your total square footage, um, look at, you know, again, the revenue per square foot. So all your t-shirts and measure it off. Get a tape measure out. Measure it off. How many square feet do your, does your t-shirt, does your t-shirt display, displays take in inside your brick and mortar? Think about that. And then how much revenue do you make? Go to the next section. What is it? What, what's your next product? It's jeans, let's say. Okay, so look at jeans and look at per square foot. What, how much revenue do you make per, for jeans? You can reorder your store because you're going to find out what is more profitable. What do you want to spend, have more space on? What do you want to have less space on? So very, very important. An easy thing to do, an easy way to make a quick, quick change and increase the profitability in your business to emphasize. So for example, if your highest margin you know, as, I'm sorry, not margin, but your highest per square foot uh, product is t-shirts. Guess where you're going to put t-shirts front and center. As soon as someone walks in and gets smacked in the face with t-shirts, right? Because you want to emphasize that and you might want to increase the square footage you allocate to those. So really important, quick example of that I, I worked with a jewelry store. And uh, as soon as I started working with them, I looked at this analysis for them and they had jewelry on consignment that was, they had 12 cases, 12 jewelry cases. And three of those cases or a quarter of their space, essentially in case, you know, jewelry case space was devoted to consignment jewelry. The margins that we made on consignment jewelry was next to nothing. It was almost, the owner did it as a favor to some of his long-term customers. So gosh, how do we figure this out? Cause we're wasting a lot of space. So we don't want to do that. Um, so that, that's a good example for brick and mortar consider the per, per revenue per square foot that you're earning for each product. Um, if you have a field service business, so again, trying to cover the gamut a little bit here. So if you have a field service business, you are a chimney sweep, you're HVAC, you're plumbing, you're electric, uh, electrician, et cetera. Consider again, I don't, I, I haven't seen this one for sure. Consider the per man hour revenue per man hour. So it gets a little bit funky, but not too, too tough to too difficult to calculate. Think about um, the folks that you have working for you. And when you have a crew, let's say you have a truck and it's two people, um, how much revenue does, do, do those two guys bring in in a, um, in a given day or week or month or year, et cetera, and then consider their cost, right? So you can literally do almost, a, not almost, an actual profitability analysis per crew. So if you have, you know, guys that work in certain crews and two guys work together every day, that's crew one, et cetera. You can look at crew one. Now you can compare the crews and figure out, okay, why is crew one, why are, is their profitability so much higher than crew three? Well, maybe they're a little bit slower. Maybe they're less experienced. However, if they're less experienced, right, it takes them a little more time, right? But the more experienced crew should, should be, it takes them less time. They can get more done, but they cost you more probably, right? So that's another thing that you can look at as far as um, paying for, as I call it, meritocracy, probably heard that term before maybe you haven't but meritocracy basically means you, you're paying for, for performance it's not just lo uh, longevity or tenure at the company it's for performance this is a way to implement that in a field service business to say hey look you can post this in in the back in the warehouse the, the guys all see it the crews all see it geez and it becomes a little bit competitive 
actually a really good example there um, is again you look at how many uh, how much revenue they're bringing in per what they cost per hour um, to give you an idea of that and again you don't want to post anyone's salary and all that kind of stuff that causes all kind of problems but you can look at that profitability per man hour or per crew if you want to do it that way if that's an easier way to do it and that is a quick and easy way to really boost profitability again you start tracking that determine why things are off maybe that shines a light on the fact that you are asking your guys to travel too far so they're spending too much time in the truck traveling two jobs so how can i optimize the travel and schedule and the logistics around that um, it may be that you find that one of your crews is just really 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 slow compared to the rest okay well how do we fix that do they need additional training things like that so those are two quick ones i have one more thing that's actually kind of a big one that has to do with um, where 65 percent of new revenue comes from so join us after the break to talk about that Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio, and it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. This week's tip, uh, very pertinent to what we're talking about during the show today with some of these listener questions, one of the quickest ways to financial problems is holding on to unprofitable customers. And as you guys know who listen regularly, I call that the silent business killer. Most business owners, I call it silent because they don't realize that they have it. When I tell them that, they say, oh, Ken, I don't have unprofitable customers. I don't have unprofitable products. The fact of the matter is almost every business that I've ever worked with has at least one of those. And so just eliminating those or holding on, you know, hold, eliminating those unprofitable customers or products will significantly increase profitability right away. Um, so easy one there. So that's Mr. Biz tip of the week on Mr. Biz radio brought to you by capital plus capital plus removes the hassles of bouncing cash flow by becoming your full service credit and collections department. You can find them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Great people over there. Highly recommend Renee and her team. All right. So let's get back into this uh, question from Natalie in the NYC, as she said um, about innovative ways to grow your revenue. So um, the other thing I want to mention, and this is one of those things that gets neglected by business owners all the time. Everyone gets so focused on new customers, new clients, which is obviously very important. However, what you're missing out on, 65% of new revenue for a small business comes from what? Existing customers. Don't neglect or disregard or, or you know whatever your existing client base those are people that already, you already cover, right? They know, like, and trust. People do business with uh, other folks they know, like, and trust. 
they're already doing business with you. So you already crossed that barrier. You already crossed those hurdles. So think of it this way. Do you, do you already offer something that they might need or, or, and, or they already buy somewhere else that you're not even aware of because you haven't had a conversation with them. You haven't built the relationship with them. So there could be something that you already offer that they buy somewhere else that you can have that conversation and say, gosh, you know, I'd love to be able to, 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 to bid on that, whatever it might be. Or did you know that we offer that? Maybe we can give you better pricing that we are getting uh, currently. You deepen your relationship with them um, and help them, right? So they get one-stop shop or they don't have to go multiple places for different products and have to depend on uh, multiple vendors for uh, similar products. So you're going to help them as well. Then think about what common complementary product or service could you offer, right? So if you hear regularly from customers that you're talking to that, gosh, it'd be great if you had this, if you had that, and that becomes common and you know there's volume and there's demand for it, now you have to make the decision. Is that something that you want to explore creating in-house, right? So you start a new product line, you start a new service, or even easier, but some risk involved, so I'll mention that in a minute, you could develop a partnership. Maybe there's another company that already provides that particular service or product and you could partner with them and say, hey, I'd love to send some of my customers your way um, and you work out some sort of referral deal or revenue share or something like that to where, again, you're helping your customers. And maybe you even become the go-between. Your customer still only has to deal with you, um, but you get it from that other uh, third party. And you work out an SLA, a service level agreement, as far as when you let them know you need something, how quickly can you get it? What discount of price can you get it at, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the thing to be careful about with that, that partnership option is um, if you send them directly to that person and you're not the middleman, which is why I recommend you be the middleman. There's a little additional work there, but think about it. Depending on what other products that third party offers, they may end up stealing your customer because they may have other products that are like yours as well. So that's another thing to consider and be careful with. That's why I recommend if you're going to do a partnership, make sure that you are the go-between and it's completely transparent to the customer that they, you know, it's almost like they're getting it directly from you. So here's a quick example I'll give you just recently implemented with, uh, with one of my clients that um, you might look at it and say, gosh, there's not that much money. Well, consider this. So I have a uh, client that um, they do, uh, I don't want to give away the, the industry, but they do a volume of about 300, they see 300 customers a month. And we came up with a new product that is a $49 product, is a complimentary add-on. So their, their average customer, their average order from a customer is in the five, $500 range, five to $600 range. So we came up with a, an offer that was $49. It's very complimentary, very helpful to their customer base. Um, and you might look at it and say, 49 bucks, what's that really going to get me? Well, the profitability on that product is at $42 for us. So we sell it at 49. Our cost to provide that is only $7 for a variety of reasons. And we began higher. So we, we worked it down and we got it to where it's very automated, et cetera. So anyway, so think about it this way, real quick math. They see 300 customers a month. If 40% of them say, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Let's do the $49 product. That's 120 people a month times $42 of profit that I just mentioned, 42 of the 49 profit. That's $5,040 a month. As you can do the quick math in a year, that's $60,000 of additional revenue for nothing. This is a no touch complimentary product that my client is able to offer. 
And again, it's, it's fully automated. It's super easy, but yet it is, it saves his customers a ton of time. They have, many have told, have told them I'd pay more than $49 for this. Um, so that's another opportunity, obviously. But so that one was again, a question from hopefully that helps Natalie in the NYC. So thanks again for that question. Let's move on here to, uh, we, oh, this is ticked off Tom and Callie. <laughs> so. He's uh, Tom says, please help settle an argument argument with my business partner. What is more important, revenue or profits? All right. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to help out your business partner. I'm not sure which side you're on, actually uh, ticked off, Tom. So I don't, maybe I don't want to tick you off more, uh, but I hope you're on the side that I'm going to tell you, because this is a real there's a clear cut winner here. So revenue uh, has to do with, you know, again, what customers pay you. Um, a lot of times when people quote revenue numbers, it's on business size. So I'm running a $2 million business. Um, you know, that means it's $2 million in revenue. A lot of revenue is ego driven. It's top line. People, uh, really become enamored with it. Profits on the other hand, that's the bottom line. That's not the top line, like revenue. That's the bottom line. That's where the bread is buttered as they say. So I'll, I'll summarize this and saying, I'm going to give you more, a little more detail here, but profit wins every time. Um, so you could have a $10 million business, $10 million revenue business and be losing a million dollars a year. Or how about running a $100,000 re a year revenue business that makes 30 grand a year. Now 30 grand is not a lot of money, but it's a heck of a lot better than losing a million, right? So revenues is just, is almost, I mean, obviously you need revenue, but the revenue needs to be profitable. So profits by far are really, really important. Um, the most important. So think about when you're scaling revenue, it's all about profitability. So let's say you're going to go from being a $3 million a year to $4 million uh, revenue business. Um, you know, at let's say at $3 million, your, your profits were $600,000, right? So that, that's 20, that's a 20% margin. We're going to talk about margins in the next segment, but, um, and, but you get to 4 million and you make 650 K. And you go, awesome. I made an extra $50,000. Well, it's actually stinks because you had extra additional a million dollars in revenue. You only made $50,000. So that's only 5% margin. Whereas your first 3 million, your margin was 20%. And this is where businesses that scale start to go in the crapper. So this is really, really important. And it's a perfect segue um, into our, our, our next segment where we're going to talk about margins. But uh, so ticked off Tom and Callie. Hopefully you chose profits because this is a absolute no brainer. This is not, there's no gray area here. It's black and white profits over revenue every single day of the week, 365. So come back after the break and we'll get to Alex and Jacksonville's question. Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at TriTraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. 
If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio, and we are in the last segment here. I wanted to, gosh, where the heck is that sheet of paper? I wanted to mention, especially since uh, during the break, he, he mentioned the book. I have something I want to throw along to you guys. So, we just recently finally published the audio version of cash flow, how to be a cash flow pro. So for the first 20 folks, now I made this offer another show, so we could be ticking down on the 20 here, but the first 20 folks who email us info at mrbizsolutions.com, I will send you a link, uh, a code actually for a free audiobook copy of how to be a cash flow pro. No strings attached, no trickery, no anything. Um, all you do is shoot, shoot us an email info at mrbizsolutions.com. We will shoot you back a, uh, a code that will allow you to get a free audiobook copy, not a temporary one, not just the first chapter, full audiobook version of uh, how to be a cash flow pro. So hit us up for that. I'm happy to, to, uh, to provide that. All right. So last question of the, well, actually maybe if we have time, we'll get to the uh, two more questions, but for now, the uh, next question is, Hoping you can help, Mr. Biz. I need a lesson in margins. Not margarine, but margins. Okay, bad joke. Uh, what are the most important ones to track? Then, of course, how can I improve them? And that, again, comes from Alex in Jacksonville, Florida. So, Alex, again, very uh, very much appreciate you sending in the question. Uh, love it when you guys send in questions. It gives me ideas on not only having these Q&As on uh, Mr. Biz Radio, but obviously follow me on Mr. Biz Solutions uh, on Facebook. And we do tons of videos on there, um, short four or five minute videos. And we cover topics just like this um, that, that you guys send in. So definitely do not hesitate. If there's anything we can help you with uh, business-wise or motivation or anything like that, shoot it to us, um, DM us, uh, do whatever on social media and, and let us know and we will help you. All right. So let me talk about, so there's a bazillion kind of different margins, right? That, that people track. And especially if you're a big numbers nerd like me. Um, but the two most, uh, I'll tell you the one I think is most important. We'll talk about that second, but the one that's most oftenly quoted and most oftenly used and some and often used incorrectly, I might say is gross margin, gross margin, gross margin percentage, same thing. Um, and gross margin is your revenue or your sales minus all of your cost of goods sold. A lot of people call that COGS, C-O-G-S, just an acronym, cost of goods sold. So if you take your revenue minus your cost of goods sold, that gives you your gross profit. Now to get your gross margin, you take your gross profit and divide it by your total revenue. Does that make sense? Certainly be a lot easier if I had a whiteboard, I could show you guys. Um, but nonetheless, that's how you calculate gross margin. Now, again, it gets quoted very often. So when people say, what are your margins? Almost every time people will quote, their gross margin. Now, here's what I don't like about it. Um, it's an important measure if your books are super clean. And what I mean by that is, so, you know, your balance sheet, I'm sorry, your, your, your profit and loss statement has uh, simplified, but basically three sections. You have your revenue section, you have your cost of goods sold section, and then you have your overhead section. Now, what can easily happen here 
is that to inflate their gross margin, some folks will, some do it knowingly, some do it unknowingly. They just don't know, right? They will include expenses that should be in cost of goods sold, and they'll put them down in overhead. So as you can imagine, the impact that has on the calculation, that means your expenses, your costs of goods sold, go down, right? Because they're showing up down in overhead. They're not in COGS, which is going to inflate your gross profit, which therefore inflates your gross margin. So, you know, I had a, a, a prospect, I was talking to a prospective client and he said, well, you know, we were talking and he said, well, my margins are 65%, but he was losing money. I said, how the heck are you? If your margins are 65%, how the heck are you losing money? Well, he was doing exactly that. Now he was doing it unknowingly. He just didn't have the, the knowledge to set up his P&L his profit and loss statement in the correct manner. Um, but that's an example of, you know, why I, I'm not a huge fan of gross margin because it can be very misleading because it can be manipulated again, knowingly or unknowingly. So that one it doesn't do a lot for me. Now you can, if you do it right, it, it does provide you some, um, some com comparable uh, points across an industry, but you got to be careful with that and make sure you're looking at it accurately. The one that I like and the one that I live by is net margin, net margin. Again, you don't probably hear that one mentioned very often, but I'll, I will assure you that each and every one of my clients know their net margin and know how important it is. And here's why net margin is so important. Net margin is the bottom line. That is how much of every dollar of revenue ends up in your pocket after all of your expenses. So here's how you calculate this. So you take your net margin, I'm sorry, net margin, duh. That's what you end up with. You take your revenue, you take out your cost of goods sold, and you take out all your overhead expenses. That's going to get you your, your income, right? Your net income after taxes on stuff. Then you divide that by revenue. So whatever that number is, you take that and divide it by your total revenue. That's going to give you what your net margin percentage is or net margin. Um, so again, the reason I like this is gross margin can be manipulated Net margin is the, at the end of the day, everything's in there. There's no monkeying around with it. You know, everything's everything, but everything, including the kitchen sink, I should say is in there. So really, really important. So think about it this way. Um, and so some people say, okay, well, okay, get it. Sounds really important. So what should my net margin be? Well, I'll put it to you this way. And this has actually been a past uh, Mr. Biz tip of the week. If your net margin, unless you're in the food service industry, if your net margin is less than 10%, if it's not double digits, congratulations, you have a hobby. You don't have a business. Uh, you should not have a business with less than double digit uh, net margins. Um, again, unless you're in the food service industry. And there's uh, sometimes construction uh, teeters there. You could be high single digits. But for the most part, every single other industry should be much higher than that. And if it's not, you need to hire someone to help you. We need to figure it out. Someone like, I don't know, Mr. Biz. I might know a guy. Uh, but no, seriously, um, because here's what, here's how powerful it is. Once you understand what your net margin is, that opens the door for you to improve your business significantly because it's such a powerful game changer for your profitability to increase your profits in your business. Because once you understand that, you start to understand the components that go into that calculation, i.e. you understand what the levers are in your business. Now, so wait a minute. In order for my, and I just had this conversation literally two days ago with a client, a new client actually, that I'm getting, getting him up the learning curve on net margin. And he said, okay, so wait a minute, how do I improve this? So wait, if I, and I'm building a model, um, a simple model that, you know, he could play around with the numbers and say, oh, well, 
geez, if I decreased expense for this, what's that do to my margin? Holy crap, that improved it by one and a half percent just by doing that. Really, 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 really powerful. I can't um, underestimate that because understanding those levers makes it so important. And then more importantly, once you don't know what, you, what net margin you want to have, let's say you say um, you want to have a 20% net margin. Now, when you build your budget, and you're going to build a budget, right? <laughs> you can build your budget at the net margin goal number. So now you know if throughout the year, if you're hitting budget, you're going to hit your net margin goal. You're going to hit that 20%. It can also help you with pricing. So when you build a pricing model, talk about this, you know, super, super important. You could build your pricing model to ensure that you earn a net margin of, in this example, 20% on every single job. Oh my gosh. Again, I can't even emphasize this enough. You guys can probably tell I'm super fired up about net margin. Good stuff. I know it's a number nerd thing, but it's really, really important. That's the most important ratio. I will tell your margin you should uh, track in your business. Um, Because think about this way. You can make more money, more net income, more profit without growing your revenue even a penny. If you increase your net margin from 10% to 20%, you're going to make twice as much money on the same exact revenue base. If that's not powerful, I don't know what is, right? And we all know how difficult it is growing revenue. So that is hopefully helpful to Alex in Jacksonville, Florida. Not going to have time to get to Jeff in Columbus, Ohio. Appreciate you guys sending in the questions. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Have a great week. And as always, don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.